No, I'm talking about no. Oh, I'm talking about your idea is like the hokey pokey or the hokey cokey because it's like you put your left arm in, the oh, left arm I'm, out. That's what I was talking well, about. And I just changed it to croaky in my mind, which made sense oh, with the frog. Hokey croaky. <laughs> no, it's not the hokey croaky. And so we digress yet again. <laughs> Hello, 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 and welcome to Well Shit. It really is that simple. I'm Claire. And I'm Serena. On this podcast, we help you to understand about your 12 universal needs, why they are currently not being well met, how to meet them in ways that work for you, and how to consistently do so in quick, easy, and simple ways that fit seamlessly into your life. We'll also help you to understand how doing so will have a positive ripple effect in literally every area of your life. If you like what you hear, sign up for more support with meeting your needs with your weekly universal needs notes at theuniversalneeds.com. And enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everyone. I am really looking forward to tonight. Like, it's the first night in a while that we're actually going out. And we're going to go out and try to do something we've been trying to do for months. Go and see our friends perform. Should be uh, should be good though. Yes, it's gonna be... I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, not even for months. Let's be honest. Oh like, yeah, probably years. years. Yeah, it, it's it it blows my mind sometimes how you can live in an area and it's like you get a tiny area. This island is two miles by four miles wide. I mean, it's not like it's a big island, mm-hmm. but going down. Like, if it's not your area, like, I live, like, I think I mentioned in a previous episode, I live on a different island, technically. And mm-hmm. it's, like, getting off that island for me, she's Ooh, really, some, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's really one of the few people, like, I have, I have very few people that are like, oh, why don't you come downtown? I'm like, how about not? <laughs> like, you really got to entice, uh, entice me with something. But we've been trying to do this for a long, a time. long time. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yes. It's going to be fun. Super excited. going to be Ooh, fun. We should get like flowers or something. Yeah, that would be fun. Because they just came back from their trip too. Yeah. 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 Yay. So it's going to be a fun night. But before we get to there, we have a very important podcast to record. Yes. Because... As we mentioned in the last episode, um, obviously in the last episode we were talking about like how if you don't pay attention to your needs when they first start talking to you, they're going to get louder and louder and louder and louder. The thing about it is, is that you don't have to wait for your needs to start talking to you in order to meet them. I mean, yes, that's a good indicator. Like if they're talking to me, yep. They need to be met. (laughs) I gotcha. I hear you. Yeah, we'll get on that. But the reality is, is that we can proactively meet our needs. And the interesting thing that, the thing that actually prompted this thought for me was when Serena was telling, talking about generally in terms of like health and wellness and how most people relate to their health. And it made me think about the fact that a lot of people wait until there's something wrong to take care of their bodies, to take care of their well-being. Uh, It's like we go, both of us go and see a regular massage therapist. And a lot of people wait to go to a massage until they're in pain. Like that's part of our proactive taking care of our health and well-being thing. Well, it's funny because I mean, I used to fall into that, oh, massages are self-care and it's a, a nice thing to have and it's a treat and our massage therapist is a very talented physio I mean the things that she knows about the body is 
amazing. And she's like... I'm not sure she takes, technically qualifies as a physio, but she's like... Because she's a personal trainer and she's a sports therapist, like, like she knows that... She knows my body way 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 better than not only I do but anyone I think I've ever met has like in terms of being a professional person to take care of it and she was the one that actually told me she's like stop stop referring to this like it's it's kind of a nice like a luxury a luxury to Mm -hmm. have she's like this is part of your preventative wellness and I'm like well, the in- shit, you're right. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is, is you're like, oh, I used to think about them as self-care. They are self-care because what is self-care? Self-care is nothing more than meeting our needs. And proactively meeting our needs is even better than waiting and listening when they first start talking to us. So if we get there ahead of that conversation, then we're, we're like, we're ahead of the game. Or even worse. I mean, let's, let's be honest, when it comes to our own health and wellness, there's often times we're like, yeah, I hear you, but... Yeah. And we ignore it until it's, it, it, we very, very rarely, I think that are we even taught to like, when you hear the little, hey, yeah, hey, hey, do we listen right to it's like, no, do we listen, we wait till it's like, but it's like, no, come on, I can keep going. Like we can do this. Mm-hmm. Like, da, 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 da. like again, and we're getting our value need met in that. Cause it's like, oh, look at how great I am. Like I've been had this thing for a while now and I haven't got it taken care of. Look at me. And it's like, uh, that's not a good idea. Oh, like waiting until. I have to go through a chemo treatment for skin cancer to do skincare to do and skincare. preventative like sun sunscreen. sunscreen yeah yeah I mean this is something that that a lot of us do mm-hmm. and so as much as it's important to listen to our needs when they're talking to us and when they first start talking to us obviously we want to listen when they first start talking to us rather than when they start shouting screaming we want to listen to the feather we don't want to wait for the brick in the truck mm-hmm. and it's possible to take care of our needs proactively and it's preferable to take care of our needs proactively if we can get into the habit of taking care of our needs proactively that's when it all of a sudden everything changes and this is just doesn't this doesn't just apply when we're talking about sort of generally our kind of day-to-day needs meeting although it does apply to that intensely and it is very important and very relevant this is something i've often seen happen with uh, i've cannot tell you the amount of times i've had this conversation with potential clients um and I remember one client in particular um, said to me, uh, we were having the, disco- uh, we'd had a discovery session where she, uh, which is a kind of low interest, uh, low interest. <laughs> <laughs> it's not low interest, it's no. high interest. So it's, it's low cost introductory session where you kind of find out more about me and I can give you a bit of like, here are the starting points for where you're at and the things that I would suggest you you focus on in order to move forward. Um, and um, I remember she'd had the discovery session and we talked about her working with me and there was with one moment where she said to me, she went, she went, no, she went, I don't really need it right now. And I said to her, I was like, right, okay, I'm going to be really clear with you. What I am saying to you now is in no way any attempt to try to convince you to work with me. If you're not meant to work with me, absolutely take that decision. That's the right thing for you to do. I do think it is really important to, to point out to you that what you mean is I'm not in crisis right now. And a lot of people don't ask for help or support. They wait to ask for help and support until they're in that crisis point. 
And there's a couple of reasons. The first thing is they don't really feel like they need it until they're in that crisis point. It's like, oh, well, things aren't terrible. Uh, like things are just kind of shit. Like it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, hold on a second. Even if things are okay, you can still improve them. Like you can still get support to go from, okay, things are all right. And I actually remember one of the um, clients who went through, actually went through one of our test groups. Um, she, she kind of came into it going, I don't really know how this is going to help me because I'm in a really good place. And she was in a really mm-hmm. good place in her life. She came out the other side of it flying. I mean, she was like, oh my God, this is the most incredible thing ever. And everyone needs to do it. It was like, it was such a beautiful experience seeing somebody who went from good to amazing, not just, oh my God, struggling to good. And she was, she, she was a light. Like, yes. I mean, and that's where she was. It was just boom. And when, when she went through the program, it was like, I mean, it was in in the most beautiful way. Right, absolutely. So the first thing is that a lot of people feel they they don't need that help until they hit that crisis point. The second thing is that a lot of people don't feel worthy of help until it is a matter of survival. Mm -hmm. And people don't feel worthy of that help of like, oh, things that I'm struggling a little bit, let's get to the point where I'm not struggling anymore, or I'm not struggling at all, let's get to gray. They have to wait until, oh my God, I'm at the bottom of the hole, I've hit rock bottom and six feet feet further down, Mm -hmm. that's the point at which I need to get some help. The thing about to remember is that you are worthy of help and support every step of the way. You are worthy of having your needs met proactively. Because the thing about it is, is that, the the, the the biggest issue with this approach is that if you reach crisis point, it was normally because there was something that needed to be addressed beforehand. There was something that normally creates the crisis point. And yes, there are life situations that will maybe amplify those things. But quite frequently, in order to get to a crisis point, there's something ahead of time that's trying to get your attention that you're not really paying attention to. Now, the issue is, if you wait until you're in crisis to meet your needs, if you wait until you're in crisis to get help and support, you end up actually having to just, that that whole thing becomes about dealing with the crisis, It's not about the thing that created the crisis in the first place. It's about recovering from the crisis, but it's not about healing the the issue that sparked the crisis. Because a lot, I mean, a lot of times when people, you know, they get in the crisis, they take care of the crisis and then they keep moving forward until they're in crisis mode again. Like it's, it's again, that yo-yo. I go to crisis. Oh, I'm out of the crisis. I'm back to crisis. I'm out of the crisis. Because the thing that is causing the crisis, which is normally some kind of systemically unmet need or combination of systemically unmet needs, still not being taken care of so it's like okay we'll dig you out the crisis we'll help you to get out the crisis but the thing that caused the crisis is going to cause the next crisis and the next one and the next one and the next one the thing about it is if you get support along the way oftentimes the crisis can be completely avoided Mm -hmm. so if you actually deal with the thing before it becomes a crisis it never becomes a crisis in the first place if you meet the need before it gets to crisis point it never hits crisis point if you shift the behavior that is heading you in the direction of crisis because it's a habit you've got around uh, unmet needs or the the relationship you have to your needs and you address it at that point the crisis gets completely averted sorry i've got some bug that's like flying around my nose oh i thought you were averting the crisis (laughs) i I am averting the crisis i'm averting the bugs everything's getting averted right now and never avoided 
and the thing about it is, even if the crisis can't be completely avoided because it's come something to do with, as I said, like a, a life event or something that you have no control over, it will mean that you are better resourced, which means the impact of the crisis on you, on your body, on your system, on your life will be significantly lessened. And that's one of the things that most people don't understand is that is that that it very much it's I mean actually kind of preventative physical health care is a really good example of this because we can see okay if we physically take care of ourselves we eat proactively take our supplements and uh, eat food that's going to be supportive to our bodies and we do movement that's supportive to our bodies and we get massage and the the various things that are like preventative wellness what ends up happening is that we don't end up getting to those healthcare crises in the same way or at least if we do hit a healthcare crisis because there's a, a, a diagnosis that comes in that we weren't otherwise expecting our bodies are better resourced to be able to deal with that crisis to respond to it to navigate through it to heal from it or just to exp- or just to process um, navigate through life within the context of that crisis but if we don't do the preventative stuff and we wait until the crisis normally we're not just dealing like we've got to deal with the 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 crisis the diagnosis or whatever it is but we're also at the same time trying to undo the bad habits and behaviors that got us to the point where that impacted us as severely as it did at that point in time and that's a great example of like this is the same true with our uh, our emotional needs with the, the needs that relate to our inner well-being, the needs, that, the needs that relate to our relationships and those sorts of things, if we're not proactively taking care of those and being aware of like, what are the warning signs and how do we how do we avoid the warning signs? How do we go, okay, maybe this is a pattern. I've seen it so often where people, um, they've got this uh, pattern around relationships maybe. And it's like the, 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 the focus is on the fact that I've got this pattern around relationships. I, I'm, uh, I'm going after a specific kind of person and that's my habit is I go after a specific kind of person um, and then I get into this really toxic relationship and the relationship gets blamed on the toxic person. Don't get me wrong, the toxic person is still toxic mm-hmm. and absolutely is something that should be dealt with, averted, avoided at all costs. But the thing is if that they end up then ending that relationship and then what they do is because they haven't shifted the habit or behavior around it, they go looking for another person who's exactly the same as that first person. I call it, I used to call them groundhog relationships where you do the same thing over and over and over again in relationships and you're wondering what's happening. It's because the relationship isn't the issue. There's a habit or behavior that you're engaging with or something that you are looking for that is actually in some way compounding the situation that you're in. Whereas if you address that, then all of a sudden that pattern and behavior shifts um same thing with uh, when it comes to wellness same one thing when it comes to needs same thing when it comes to actually getting any kind of support help coaching mentoring those sorts of things so many people and it was so such an interesting experience because uh, i remember that the 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 client i had that conversation with um and she also um, said to me, she's like, I just, I don't think I can justify spending that amount of money on myself. And I was like, okay, again, I'm not talking you into this. I'd like, if you like, do not make this decision because of what I'm saying. You have to make the decision because it's the right one for you. And it's important for me to just point out here, is that a question of you not believing you're worthy of having money spent on your well-being and on your, um, yeah, your mental, emotional well-being? And... I remember she she was like, oh, oh. Um, and I said, uh, and she was like, actually, I think I do want to go ahead. I said, no, nope. I said, you're not, I'm not signing you up today. It doesn't matter what you say today because I want you to go away and think about this. I don't want what I've said to you today to trigger. Um, and so uh, she said to me, um, she said, okay, I, eventually a couple of days later, she said, 
could I could I split the payments over 12 months? And it was when I was doing a, a fixed term, a fixed amount of sessions and you could spread the payments over as much as you wanted to and uh, to make it uh, financially viable, um, which we still do. And I remember saying to her, um, I'm like, yeah, of course, like with the package that we were talking about, the package I offered at the time, I said, it will just mean that you end up doing a session every seven or eight weeks rather than every one or two weeks. That's absolutely fine. You'll still be making progress and you can take the time in between to integrate and apply the things that we're, we're talking about. No problem. So uh, she said to me, okay, we'll do that. She said, but I do want to get started straight away. So she said, can I play a little bit more up front so I can do my first session immediately and then we'll do it split over the 12 months after that. I was like, perfect, fine, no problem at all. So she um, she went through the first session and uh, she got to the end of the first session. She went, oh my God, Claire, she went, this is the thing that I have been looking for my entire life. She went, I want to do all of the sessions, I want to do it at least once a week. I want to, and she went like, she went, I want to do all you want. I want you, I want to be the first one to go through your teacher training when you do it. She went, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. I like, I thought the finances were a, a challenge for you right now. And she said, it was the fact that I didn't feel worthy of spending that money on me and my well being versus uh, the things that I'm must be spending that money or the mm-hmm. things I should be spending that money on. I said, okay. I said, I'm more than happy to do that. And that's actually what she did. She went through, um, she went through and it was funny because I remember um, she, she said to me, I think it was, she said, I've spent like 55 years of my life waiting for this. I'm not waiting another year to go through it. And that was the moment at which I realized that she got, that she was worthy of doing this work for herself. And she didn't have to wait until she was in a crisis point. Because the reality is, if she'd waited until she was in crisis, the context that the work we did together would have been it, it would all have been framed around the crisis, not around actually what was what it was that she was needing and wanting. What were the patterns and habits that she had in her life? And how did we shift those into a direction? And I remember uh, not long after she finished the program, um, she sent me a, a text message with um, a cup of coffee in a park and a big her with a big smile on her face. And she sent me this message saying, she said, thank you, Shun. I'm happy for the first time in my life, thanks to you. And I responded, actually, no, you're happy for the first time in your life, thanks to you. You're the one who did the work. I'm just a guide. Like it's up to the, the person, the individual to actually apply what we talk about and to make the shifts and changes for them. And it was such a beautiful experience where somebody was so, so resistant to taking care of themselves and their needs proactively. And then all of a sudden they realize, hold on a second, this is actually about my self-worth. And I don't feel worthy of doing this proactively. And so often that's what ends up happening with with everything in life. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, I'm not worthy of having a massage every week as a preventative mm-hmm. wellness thing. It's something that I can only justify doing when I am in pain. Or as a treat because I need or want a treat. <laughs> yes. Because it's my birthday or because it's a mm-hmm. there's a like I have I'm like it's a it's my vacation or something. It's like it doesn't have to be a treat. It also doesn't have to be a crisis. And the thing about it is, is that we want to encourage you to focus on what is it that I need and giving it to yourself before you get to the point where the needs even start talking to you. And it's okay if you're not there yet. It's okay if we're away from that because I know that Serena was away from that when she started off with the program. I know I was away from it when I started doing this work. It's like, oh, pro- proactive? Well, like I'm, I'm lucky if I'm doing reactive. Like I just... From the yeah. massage perspective, and I also want to note, there is a lot of privilege in us yes, being able, able to, to do this. Yeah. Um, I had done the program 
mm-hmm. when yes. I became aware of preventative wellness as a thing because it it just hadn't been that specific thing hadn't been framed in that way for me so I didn't even identify with it yeah but it took me a while and I was like it was a couple of times where she was like you know I you're hesitating on the next appointment and it's like well it's expensive to do this and it Mm -hmm. it wasn't that I didn't have the funds to do it is I didn't think that I was worthy of spending this every single week mm-hmm. to do this for my body and now I can't like I can't imagine not being able to do that right. and if it's not you know me going to get a massage sometimes it's me doing self massage right and it's stretching I mean the like right. I would stretch when I got stiff mm-hmm and I got stiff because I wasn't stretching regularly. Mm-hmm. So when I'd stretch regularly, all of a sudden I didn't get as stiff. Like, right. I, I am worthy of those couple of minutes mm-hmm. to stretch my body for myself. It didn't matter that I had this, 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 this to do. I can find five minutes. Well, and the thing about it is, is that sometimes it's about finding the ways of doing that that fit within what your schedule Mm -hmm. looks like with what your life looks like. The interesting thing is, is that before we're going out tonight, I have someone coming around. Uh, I'm in the process of learning Spanish right now. Like that's one of my priorities at the moment. And when she's here and we do Spanish together, I will often, like both of us will sit and stretch while we're learning Spanish. It's like, oh, that's something I can do for myself. And yes, I'm still learning Spanish. It doesn't stop me from learning Spanish. It doesn't inhibit my brain process whatsoever. But what I'm doing is I'm like going, oh, okay, I need to stretch because my body is asking for that. Where can I fit that in? Um, so it's like a lot of the time people will like listen to podcasts or audiobooks when they're driving somewhere or when they're walking their dog. So it's like, how can I do this in a way where maybe I don't need to find extra time? Maybe there's a way of me doing this in alignment with other things that I'm doing where it's not giving me more to do. I'm just getting a little bit smarter in terms of my use of time. And I know that that was uh, that's been a, a big thing for me is like, how do I how do I how do I integrate these things in without feeling like I'm giving myself more to do? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the big things. Like when we talk about the fact that in terms of meeting our needs, everything you do every second of every day is done to meet your needs. The reason that we say this is because we want people to understand you don't need to do more to meet your needs. It's not possible to do more to meet your needs because you're doing it every second of every day. It's not about doing more. It's just about understanding the decisions and the choices around meeting your needs that are going to fulfill your needs more rather than deplete your needs. And that's a, the Spanish example is a great example. Like I didn't need to do more in that time. I was already meeting my needs. Hold on a second. I could meet other needs at the same time without needing to make more time in my day. Hold on a second. This is a whole new concept. Like, and it really was. It really mm-hmm. has been for me. And I, I like, I'm, I like listening to podcasts. I used to listen to them when I was out walking. I was walking because that was something that felt good for my body. It got my body moving. It got me kind of like um, in motion. Uh, it was a form of kind of stretching and strengthening and everything. And then it's like, hold on a second. I really like podcasts. I really like learning. That's something I can do while I'm walking. Like, let's look at how we can get these things working together. And not in a way where we're kind of overwhelming ourselves, where it's like, oh God, I've got to do this and this and this and this and this at the same time. It's like, is there a way that I can bring this into something I'm already doing 
which won't add extra pressure, but actually it will make use of that time and space in an even more effective way for my needs. And it will make you feel good. And that's the thing. Mm-hmm. If you if you try to add something in and you you feel like you're pushing through it or it doesn't it's not feeling in alignment. Like if she was stretching while she was doing Spanish and then all of a sudden the Spanish just she was focusing it wasn't working. on it wasn't working. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, well, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. And now I know that doesn't mm-hmm. work. And I feel like something that we kind of get into is, you know, waiting for that crisis moment. Think of when you're in crisis. Like a lot of times it's kind of like a freeze moment where you're like, oh, I don't, I, you know, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go forward. You're mm-hmm. like, you're just, you're wrapped up in it. Mm-hmm. So the thought of being in crisis and then taking steps forward mm-hmm. to fix it or do, you know, something to help that's really hard. And it's it makes you feel like because there's so much back that led to this crisis point, you kind of need to go back to the beginning to mm-hmm. then take that first step. And if you're not in crisis and taking those steps, you can take those little steps, those much little easier. baby steps, and then it builds and then it builds and then it builds and then it builds. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow. Look I at just, me. I'm running. <laughs> yeah. Like, look at what I just did. But when you're trying to When you're trying to build from crisis mode, like it looks impossible. Well, the other thing is like on a recent podcast, we were talking about um, capacity and how what we've got the capacity for in any given moment is what we need most of that moment in time. When we're in crisis mode, our capacity normally is completely drained. Mm -hmm. Like when we're in crisis mode, crisis mode is normally a form of um, it, it's a form of a of a combination of trauma or traumas that are all happening at the same time, and what that means is it's going to be impacting multiple of our needs. Normally, a crisis is not just one need. Sometimes it can be one need very severely being affected, but a lot of the times, actually, it's multiple needs being affected. And if multiple needs are being affected, our capacity to be able to do stuff, like because the the extent to which our um, Uh, the extent to which we have capacity is the extent to which our needs are met. So if we're in crisis and therefore our needs are being impacted, that our capacity, the amount of resource that we're going to have is going to be very, very small. So if you wait until you're in crisis to try to make change, to try to move forward, chances are the amount that you'll be able to move forward because of the amount of capacity you have is actually going to be really, really small. You're not going to have enough resource in the tank to be able to be very effective in this. And normally it's about kind of, in my experience, when someone's in crisis, it's almost like a, it's like how they just about crawl over the line out of the crisis. And it's like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm sort of out of the crisis. I'm, I'm mostly out of the crisis. And like, that's where you're at. That's not a place that feels good. But if, I mean, and if you're in crisis, it's obviously better than being in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, that is forward motion from where you are. But if we can get to the point where we avoid that crisis entirely, we avoid that level of impact to all of our needs, to our well-being, to our self-care, to our self-worth. Oh my goodness, that's a that's a much much preferred path. Um, for absolutely. All of us. Absolutely, and then the last episode. Absolutely, ah, I did say absolutely. Ah, um, look at that. We were talking about in the the absolutes podcast mm-hmm. that absolutely is not normally one of those things I say. So I think you might pick that up from me, possibly, <laughs> along with many other things, niggles included. <laughs> yes, definitely niggles included. Um, and. It will come back. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Well, 
Bullshit. Talking about the, <laughs> the lack of capacity and lack of resource yeah. when you hit crisis. I feel like it was really, like, profound. <laughs> it normally is when it disappears. <laughs> That's my experience. It's like, oh, damn it, that was a really good one, I'm pretty sure, I think. Maybe we'll discover it was if it comes up, if it comes back. Yeah, I'm just gonna you you go about your podcast, and I'm gonna sit here and think first. Oh, okay, I'm going about my podcast all by myself, apparently. Um, so, and yeah, I mean, oh, oh, yeah. Mm. Wow, <laughs> wow, this is this is a... it's it's the hokey pokey, or if you're in the UK, the hokey cokey of uh, of um, it's different ideas. In the UK? It's called the hokey cokey. It's not the hokey pokey over there. It's the hokey cokey. Yeah. Wow. You heard it here first, people. Um, it's like it jumps in, it jumps out. It jumps in, it jumps out. So like a frog? No, I'm talking about... no. Oh. I'm talking about your idea is <laughs> like the hokey pokey or the hokey cokey because it's like you put your left arm in, left oh, arm I'm, out. That's what I was talking well, about. And I just changed it to croaky in my mind, which... <laughs> Made sense oh, with the frog. Hokey croaky. <laughs> no, it's not the hokey croaky. And so we digress yet again. What were we? T- we were talking about. I was talking being- about capacity and about how if you're in crisis because your needs are compromised, your capacity is less because oh, your resource. I got it. Yeah. So oftentimes we talked about in the last episode, we, we, um, focus, you have it, Serena. Um, in the last episode, we talked about the feather, the brick, and the truck. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, I think there's a lot in between the feather, the brick, and the truck. Like it might be a feather, then a feather pillow, and then, you know, a foam pillow. Yeah, like (laughs) there are a lot of things in between there. And a lot of people get to the brick and they're like, well, the truck is never going to, I'm never going to get run over by a truck. Right. Yes. And it's not going to happen to me. Exactly. It's it's not going to get to the point. No, I'm not going to get to the point where I can't move because I've ignored this for so long. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get to that point. And um, everything's kind of jumbled together. I don't know if it was this episode or the last episode. I was talking about my, you know, my own journey with weight loss. And one of the, one of the, things that kind of stood in my mind, which should have been truckish for me, is a family member I was very close to passing away because of the their obesity. And their lifestyle choices. That was never gonna happen to me. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna, I'm not gonna die from this. Yeah. It's, and that whole, it's not gonna happen to me thing, is is one of the things that that it's like it's it's fine i'll be able to cope like it won't get that bad and that's the thing is that it, we underestimate how intensely life can drop us on our ass and how bad it can be like going mm. back to the skin cancer thing like i wasn't shocked mm. when i got the diagnosis and mm. i in the past i would have said yeah i'll probably, I'll probably have skin cancer and still go out without proper coverage and yeah. sunscreen if you'd known what it actually involved. So, well, and I'm I I had a higher pain tolerance than mm-hmm. most. I have experienced like the cancer wasn't the triggers. You know, we've spoken about um, on like on our social media pages mm-hmm. and stuff. But once I got there, fuck, that was hard. Right. I never thought it was going to be that bad. Right. I thought I was going to get there at some point, or that I may get there. But I was like, but I, I can handle it. Well, and that's the thing is that obviously often we don't think about what the reality mm-hmm. is of that crisis point. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, oh yeah, like we'll like, 
I'll deal with it. I'll, if, I'll deal if, with, it, if, it, if it comes. If it happens to me, I'm sure I'll be able to deal with it. But we don't think about what is the actual reality of that going to be like? What is the impact to us and the people around us? And mm-hmm. um, what is it going to mean for our day-to-day lives? How is it going to change and affect things? I mean, I, I'm i going to be really honest. Like, I, I didn't even know topical chemo was a thing before you went through the process I certainly didn't know what the physicality mm-hmm. of that that the physical experience of that was gonna be like. and obviously I don't know the what the physical experience was but I was very close to it so I've got some idea probably more than most do what that experience was like never would have occurred to me in a million years that that would be what that would involve well and for me it was like oh they'll just they'll just burn it off like i was gonna have the easiest route possible yeah. if it did happen to me it's like oh and then it will be done and when they were like no oh, topical chemo i'm like oh what's that because i really didn't i didn't know that either right like not in that mm-hmm. like this is what it is this is what it's gonna do to you and then it happened to me and i'm like Oh, I wow. could I could have prevented this right absolutely and that's what thing is that, that a lot of this tests tend to come down to our self-worth and a lot of it is like believing and recognizing that we are worthy of having our needs consistently met we are worthy of feeling well in our bodies to the extent to which our bodies are are able to do that we're worthy um, of taking the time to do these things for ourselves and we're worthy of when it is applicable and possible like for me one of the things is like the quality of things that I was using like the quality of my sunscreen oh I'm not going to pay this much for Mm -hmm. it because I can just get it cheaper and it's like is what I'm getting what I actually need right and it's like I'm worthy and again like recognizing that there is privilege Mm -hmm. in what we're saying and the fact that we are able to spend money on these things Mm -hmm. we are worthy of having money spent on our well-being and that's the thing is that it's yes we have we have the ability to do that that puts us in a very privileged position compared to a lot of people and Everybody is worthy of having money spent on their well-being. Everybody is worthy of not having to get into a crisis to get help and support. And how our systems are set up is that that's not how it tends to operate. That's one of the reasons we need to change our social systems so that that is the experience that other people have. It's the experience that we all have is that we get the support we need to live happy, healthy, whole, fulfilled, just experience of life that is fulfilling and that is not compromised and is not we don't have to wait till a lot of people wait until those that that rock bottom moment to to kind of springboard off of and it's there's nothing wrong with people who've done that and what if we didn't have to wait to that what if we didn't have to get to the point where our needs were chronically unmet in order to start taking care of them and that's what we're talking about here is that you are always worthy of support you are always worthy of help you don't have to wait until you're in crisis to get that support and help or to reach out and ask for it Um, and that's what we're talking about you don't have to wait until you're in crisis to start to take care of yourself and your needs to take the little steps that Mm -hmm. will help in the future and help avoid the crisis and those little steps can actually they might feel little to you but in the concept or the um framework of what you're dealing with those might be huge strides yeah absolutely absolutely they can make a huge difference Mm -hmm. so i think that's it for today anything you want to add i'm good 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, we hope you found this helpful. I know this has been a game changer for both of us, mm -hmm. uh, that we will reach out for support in ways that we probably wouldn't have done when we began this process. And um, we hope that this inspires you to do the same too. So um, stay safe. And remember between now and next time to keep meeting your own needs. Lots of love. Bye, Bye friends. That's it for today. If you liked what you heard and would like to see some of Serena's awesome facial expressions, check out the video podcast via Patreon. And remember, you are worthy of proactively taking care of yourself and your needs. Well, shit. It really is that simple.